Hello, welcome to the Rethinker Podcast. My name is David Litwin, and I am really excited for you to hear this podcast because I want it to somewhat be a clarion call. In the last podcast, I talked about the significance and responsibility of us being salt in our culture and how much deeper, profound, and cautionary the salt metaphor becomes when you really mine its depths. So how do we engage culture in a manner that is powerful, genuine, and transformative? How do we really show a culture, a God, that they don't often believe even exists? There are a few key spiritual ways, but here's a real practical and in many cases a more culturally transformative way. And I'm hoping if you're engaging this podcast, then you have a possibly undiscovered yet burning desire to become a man or woman of understanding. Now, to understand the importance of that last sentence, to see if you fit this title, we need to break down three terms, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Now, on the surface, they seem to be used interchangeably, but mining the book of Proverbs, we discover powerful differences between these three words. Let's start with wisdom. There have been many definitions of the term wisdom. I've often heard leaders declare, wisdom is knowledge applied. More recently, I caught a sermon defining wisdom as having the ability to make the right choices when the moral rules don't apply. But neither definition really accounts for the incalculable value placed on wisdom in the biblical text. Proverbs 2.4, if you seek her, seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures. Proverbs 3.15, she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. There's plenty more, but in Proverbs 8, we are given a historical account of wisdom. There it says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. From everlasting I was established from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, when he set the sea for its boundary, so that water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. There I was beside him as a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. That's Proverbs 8, 22, 23, 29, and 30. So what did we just learn? Well, if you've listened to most of these other podcasts, you can see in that scripture that wisdom existed pre-fall. The passage above states that wisdom was established from the earliest times of the earth. It was the master workman at its creation. Wisdom did not merely fashion the earth. It fashioned the earth in its perfect state. The next passage also echoes this realization and adds even greater significance to the term. Because wisdom was there, well, he had not yet made the earth or the fields, nor the first dust of the world. Okay, why is that passage so important? Because according to the Bible, God made man from dust. So logically, if there was no dust, then there was no man. So here we learn that wisdom not only existed pre-man, she helped fashion mankind, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight daily in the sons of man. Proverbs 8.31. These two passages in Proverbs reveal just how powerful and precious wisdom actually is. It is not merely knowledge applied or a right choice out of an obvious moral distinction. Instead, wisdom comprises the foundational laws, principles, and regulations governing all fields of natural existence and humanity in their perfect pre-fall state. We can now grasp why wisdom is biblically considered more valuable than gold and silver and why we must seek it above jewels and search for it as buried treasure. If wisdom compiles the principles required for perfection across all fields of existence, then it's something impossible to buy at any price. For the world is now operating in a post-fall state. It does not have it to offer. It is the creator's, we can see it this way, it is the creator's blueprint for his original and always intended agenda. There I was as a master workman and I was daily his delight. Proverbs 8.30. In Proverbs, we also have another distinction for this blueprint. It is referred to as his way. The same passage states that the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. What works? 
the creation of the world from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, or the creation of the world in its perfect pre-fall state. We can take this understanding of the wisest man ever to have lived and the one who penned the very wisdom literature referenced here. In asking for wisdom, Solomon did not appeal to God for the mere wisdom of man, such as a vast intelligence of men like Plato, Socrates, or Aristotle. Instead, it appears his request was to be given the principles through which the earth was created pre-fall. We discover this reality in the principle of Solomon's famous prayer. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people to discern between good and evil. 1 Kings 3.9 Now that's a very interesting turn of phrase if you think about it, because it bears a slight familiarity with another passage found a little earlier in the Bible. In fact, it was a declaration by the creator of the perfect world before the fall. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you will surely die. Genesis 2.17 here we see something even more profound, and through it, we see how the two terms, wisdom and knowledge, separate. The scriptures have already shown that wisdom was in the garden of God, and that wisdom existed and is ordered pre-fall. But then in Genesis 3, we discover that man rejected wisdom. That rejected manifested through eating of a particular tree. And what did mankind eat? Knowledge. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Genesis 2.17. Mankind rejected wisdom and instead chose knowledge of good and evil. We talked about this in podcast 5, but now we learn the difference between these first two distinctions. Wisdom is a pre-fall entity, but knowledge is post-fall. Wisdom dominated and operated the world's systems in perfection until mankind chose to reject wisdom and instead chose knowledge. So we can now define knowledge with more clarity. So first, wisdom, the foundational laws, principles, and regulations that govern all fields of existence in their pre perfect pre-fall state, and then knowledge, any discovery of these new systems, principles, and regulations now existing in a post-fall or outside of their originally created context. So wisdom produces perfection since it's pre-fall, yet knowledge, wholly on its own, produces destruction since it's a post-fall entity that now operates under the law of sin and entropy, as we learned in podcast 6 through 8. Since wisdom comes from the creator of the earth, mankind, and the universe, the rejection and deliberate removal of the creator carries a far deeper consequence. It is also a rejection of wisdom, a dismissal of the pre-fall principles that formed the earth in an embrace of a post-fall, really entropy-centric earth. Listen to wisdom's call through this lens. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. That's wisdom talking to humanity. The further mankind moves away from its creator, the further mankind must, by default, move away from wisdom and the more inevitable the destruction on the creation. As secularized leaders have distanced mankind from the supposed arcane and irrelevant deity, they have actually removed mankind from its own perfection and protection. It is then possible to actually track precisely when the beginnings of the secular divergence occurred. Secular modern philosophy hints on the foundational tenet cogito ergo sum, or I think, therefore I am. This was really a demarcation moment in history, and Pope John Paul said that before Descartes' statement, God existed outside of man's sphere, but after Descartes' statement, God existed inside or part of man's sphere. And this can really be summed up in the lyrics of an 80s band called XTC talking about God when they said, did you make mankind after we made you? But through the lens of this wisdom-knowledge paradigm, a greater revelation unfolds. 
Descartes' declaration can be amplified to, I have the capacity to produce and comprehend knowledge, I think, and therefore that revelation becomes a central point to my existence, I am. The roads now of this wisdom-centric or knowledge-centric worldview now diverge in nearly exact opposite directions. At the beginning, God said, let there be light, and created the world through wisdom. Whereas at the Enlightenment, secular man said, let there be light, and began recreating the world through knowledge. The centuries having passed since Descartes' declaration have been littered with non-theistic secular leaders inadvertently recreating the world through knowledge. Don't get me wrong, many great things have come out of Descartes' beginning. But now at the early part of this 21st century, we have been handed a world in which knowledge is used to formulate new knowledge, and so on and so forth. Like a photocopy that is repeatedly switched out and recopied again and again, each new generational image becomes a further and further distortion of its once perfect and protected original image. Inside this distortion, society now functions. Inside this distortion, society now adjudicates. Inside this distortion, society now parents and educates. Inside this distortion, society's institutions now perpetuate. And inside this distortion, society's technologies are birthed. This is not simply a moral distortion, as many religious leaders would hypothesize. If knowledge on its own carries at its root core and application post-fall entropy and destruction, then the more mankind embraces knowledge and rejects wisdom, the more post-fall entropy and destruction permeate both the societal and physical landscape, not through man's actions specifically, but through his outcomes. Listen to Podcast 4 for more on that understanding when you get the chance. So we now live in a paradox. The more the world and humanity were created pre-fall, but eventually were thrust into a post-fall existence. But as we learned in previous podcasts, God still wanted humanity to live in its best pre-fall life inside of a post-fall world. So any objective solution to that end must be a bridge between both wisdom pre-fall and knowledge post-fall, since mankind and the universe is now a combination of both. And we'll learn what that bridge is through the term understanding which you will discover in the next podcast. Sorry to leave you hanging again, but I want to keep these short. So uh, hope you enjoyed this. Um, there's a lot that's been said here. I encourage you to even go back through it again. Or two or three times, you'll get a lot more out of it each time you go through, I promise you. Um, look forward to speaking with you again. And uh, you can reach out to me in a couple various ways, one of which is to go to my website at davidwlitwin.com. There you can see uh, a lot of information on who I am, what I do, and what I believe. And you can also find my Facebook information there, Twitter information, email. I love to interact and dialogue. Um, whatever thoughts you have, just please get back to me, and I'd love to engage you in that process. So feel free to reach out. Uh, have a wonderful and glorious day, and just remember to always live inspired. <laughs>